I said, yeah, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, the yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that extended weekend. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand new sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a Dynamite episode 204 for your eardrums. Guys, who's a favorite? Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon. And with me, as always, ain't retiring anytime soon. Most mm. awesome. No, sir. No, sir. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it working. That's what I got to do. I got to grind it out. I got three kids. I got to keep working, B. Yeah. Gotta, gotta keep it going. Uh, I mean, are you, that's kind of funny. You put that on there. I think it might be a Nia that we'll tackle next week. So we'll save it. But mm-hmm. are you like a guy that kind of like thinks about retirement that just kind of wants to sit on a front porch and like, just kind of whittle a stick and go fishing and stuff. Or is it like, you know, like kind of the, the action being in the mix. Yeah. Well, I think like, uh, like when you're in this kind of like middle chapter of your life, I'm 42, you start to think a little bit down the road. You know, we we do a lot with our financial planner to like set up for, uh, you know, making sure that uh, retirement set up, you know, the bit best piece of advice that he gave us was pay yourself first, right? So that's a good thing, like set up your retirement, get that all squared away, because when you have kids, you don't want to be like a burden on your on your on your kids. So, you know, get that all squared away, look what that life wants to look like. And then part of that was kind of asking, like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Like, what do you think you would need financially to kind of live? So you start to think a little bit about that, but you know, at this point, it's kind of like, where will my kids end up and what kind of like grandparent, if they do choose to have kids, do I want to be, you know what I mean? That's like kind of retirement. You think of that in those terms. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. So uh, I took a different route. <laughs> I did the no family route. Just kind of like, fast <laughs> track that not a lot of uh conversations with uh this financial planner is pretty uh it's pretty straightforward what's going on but nice bro good yeah. sounds all locked up you're like what's my uh, stake in rbv budget look like for 65 <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah so like less of what's happening at 65 and more is like what's happening later this week uh oh, yeah. well what's happening on this podcast guys we got jam-packed episode 204 we're doing rip from the headlines we're gonna cover this conference championship games in the nfl we're gonna hit the inbox gonna do mama parenting tip we're talking performance anxiety oh we're gonna do cam mabio right i almost forgot to put that on there cam mabio we're doing that yeah did you prepare anything because i didn't okay we're not doing cam mabio no cam mabio scratch that yeah yeah fine uh doing neapolitan showdown we're doing top three tom brady moments and then we're gonna finish as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen you're our power it starts now conference championship games what are we talking about that this week brother oh because we had some electric championship games brandana we did uh they did not disappoint overall by now you guys have seen the final score um first time ever that we don't have a one two or three seed in the postseason that's right we got two four seeds going head to head with a cincinnati Bengals team yeah going against a la rams just feels weird to say it does feel weird to say it doesn't feel right i was almost when we were watching the the 49ers 
Rams game, I was like, are we going to have Bengals 49ers? Is this what's going to happen? I don't like this world. Although that would have been more reasonable because that would, I think that was like 1985 drink everyone. I don't remember, but I do think that they made the Super Bowl in like 1985. Yeah, they did. The Super Bowl has happened before. And you know, to be honest, like the Bengals, we'll get to that and we'll probably, uh, yeah. Maybe it was was 1980. That was the Joe Montana. Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, 80 or 85, but we'll go in reverse order. We'll talk about this uh, this 49ers-Rams game. The Rams, you know, uh, coming to the Super Bowl as a four seed, I know on paper it's just like, okay, two of our lowest one seeds ever. Rams were an NFC favorite. I think the the second yeah. favorite in the NFC, right, right behind the Bucks, running it back. So it's not crazy. I think the only thing that's crazy is kind of seeing them go through a lull, like, you know, Stafford went through that stretch with INTs, so they kind of didn't look like a Super Bowl-caliber team. Like, do you mm-hmm. think they are now? I mean, they're in the Super Bowl, so you got to give them that they are. I, I think they, I think their running game is is severely limited. I, the last two weeks, the Bucks game and this team, they they just looked bad on the run game. So, are they a Super Bowl caliber team? Yes, but they have like they have some strikes against them. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm I, I I'm sure the Vegas money is leaning on the Rams here, but I I don't think this is going to be a uh, you know, decidedly one-sided effort. Yeah, I was kind of shocked also. The line right now going into this game is it's uh, Rams favored by three and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like scratched up to even like four, four and a half. It kind of goes back and forth. Which, which is interesting just because the heart of these Bengals, like you want to talk about getting on a team when they're like hot, like this Bengals team through all. And granted, like, you know, Titans uh, and the Raiders, not super like top, echelon opponents on paper even though the Titans got that one seed I don't think anybody really felt like they were the number one team in the AFC but this Chiefs team like really just coming back okay well we're getting into it let's talk specifics there's like talking macro uh so Chiefs Bengals like uh Chiefs go into halftime up were they up 21-3 or no they got the yeah 20-23 um end up scoring again like they did the last time only three points in the second half to force an overtime the Bengals uh, scoring 21 unanswered points. Eventually, uh, Chiefs win the coin toss again. I think everybody thought it was over. And then the Bengals. Uh, did you hear the I, did, did you hear the eruption of the crowd when they won the when they won the I coin did, toss? Yeah. 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 It, it was kind of like, like it was their thing. They're just like, we win the coin toss and then we take care of business. Like this yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just get right to it. Like, what was wrong with Pat Mahomes? I'll tell you what I saw and then let me know if you agree. Um, okay. there's a difference between if it wasn't Pat Mahomes, like if it was like a Kirk Cousins or like maybe even like a car, like that throw to the flats with no timeouts left uh, with five seconds left to Hill with like two guys, like just that screen pass uh, as time was running out to give up the chance to actually kick a field goal and come away with some points. I mean, that was like one of the most boneheaded decisions I've ever made. And then you see like Pat Mahomes trying to call a timeout after that, like what was going on? Like, was he yeah. not aware of all the situation going on? Was his head not in the game? It's just very, you know, I think, I think we pride him at least on his athletic skill, but I also thought he was like a pretty good, like knowing what's going on in game time. And just like, do you think it had like a timeout? Like, was that just like, like just trying to like force it too much to play hero ball? Like what happened on that play specifically? Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, so we're, we're going back to the first half, that last play. So yeah. um Yes. I didn't realize that he tried to call a timeout afterwards. That he does. Did, yeah. So, yeah. So you see it afterwards, like you see, they kind of do a replay of the play and he stands up and he just, he goes like this, like the timeout over his head and then kind of looks around, realize he doesn't have one. 
yeah, that's a little, that's kind of like the going back to Tom Brady, the fourth, the fourth down, not realizing yeah. it was fourth down. I think, right. I mean, I, I definitely think there's a little like situational, like management in that down in distance. I think that really, I mean, not to be whatever, we haven't talked a lot about this, but isn't this kind of a microcosm of the Andy Reid mismanagement of time at the end of half? Like, I, I almost say that this is a, uh, let's, let's, let's step it back. I'm five seconds in that, like you're at like the two or three yard line is kind of in that no man's land of like, should we just kick the field goal? Or do we have one play where we can squeeze out like a three second quick hitter and it's got to be there. So I kind of put this squarely on both, both sides of the equation. Uh, I put this a little bit more of the onus on this on, in terms of coaching, like we didn't, Mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't pick out a good play. Like, I, and I guess we get it like hindsight being what it is. It was like an RPO to like a quick slant. I think they had Kelsey and they were moving a uh, hill into like the flat and he, they really should have picked a play where it was like one read, one throw into the end zone. If it isn't there, throw it away like that. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, should yeah, have been is- the call. Yeah. Exactly. This is the fourth down note that we give so many quarterbacks shit about. It's just like, you got to throw past the sticks. And in this situation, you need to throw past the end zone line with no time pass left. Yeah. And you can, I would have loved to, you still could have run Hill as just kind of like, just because anytime Hill runs, we know that the defense start to scurry and don't know what to do. Right. So I love, I like, I'm not, a, I'm not a, opposed to having them bring Hill in motion. But I would have liked to have seen like move the pocket like a, you know, just like maybe like a little baby bootleg, throw it to one read or throw it out of bounds and get it out of bounds quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't uh, know if they were like deep. Go ahead. No, no, no. Cause cause then it's it's gotta be drilled into Pat Mahomes. It's like, look, like we got five seconds. Like it's gonna go really quickly. So you have to be decisive. And he was indecisive in that moment, which we saw bringing back to your overall point, what happened kind of the indecisiveness and in the throughout the second half of some of the things yeah. that Pat Mahomes was doing. So he was really indecisive in that moment. He, sh- they should have drilled into him. Like, look, you don't have time. If it's not there, throw it away and throw it away quickly because we can put points on the board still. You know, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, they shouldn't run it. They should just kicked it. I think you're, I think you got no, enough no, time to kidding. squeeze it. Well, especially because, I mean, one of the things that we definitely saw, especially maybe the best we've ever seen on the field last week was just his internal, like, time clock. Like, he just yeah. kind of had that feel for it, and we expect from it. That's funny because I put the onus a little bit more on Pat Mahomes because no matter what play is coming in, like, you have to know the situation, especially since there's, you know, there's no timeout. So you can't run back and, like, kind of confer with the sidelines. Like, you just got to you gotta make your decisions. And – I don't know what that drop was, you know, I'd like to see, and especially because, you know, this is for all of like, you know, the weaknesses and the bullshit time management, like one of the chief strengths we've seen over the last three years since Mahomes stepped up to like tier one is their plays inside like the 10 yard line, the five yard line, like yeah. all these little shovel passes, like to Kelsey, like these cuts, like what about like a handoff to Tyree kill, like on a jet sweep and have Tyree kill pull back and like throw something like kind of have a couple options there. Maybe that's a little nuts with not a lot of time left to put that decision-making in your wide receiver's hand, probably not the greatest call, but I mean, beyond the sticks it's that simple so let's jump to i mean maybe we can fast forward through like this third quarter which was just a fucking disaster which it was it definitely looked like week like one through four chiefs with like football through hands timing just a little off like sailing balls over guys heads like it's just so weird to see it you know in the for them cooking so well in the first quarter and it 
kind of uh, it come apart. That was that was such a it was I mean this season I think this season can be boiled down to the microcosm the the microcosm of momentum and and the and how it shifts. We talked about momentum all year long with all sorts of different teams. Teams peak early, they peak low, they plateau, they hit it. Uh, that stand by the Bengals was like a huge shift in the game, and really put the 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 Chiefs into this weird funk. Like you said, that was like bringing back to like one through four. Did they start to like white knuckle their decision making a little bit? Did they get, did they yeah. did they lose their mojo through it? I don't know what happened, but it definitely was like a. It didn't feel as it didn't feel as big as it should as it was looking back at it. But now when you watch it, you're like, man, did they just start to increasingly get tight moment by moment throughout that game as stuff wasn't going their way? Yeah, they, they get super tight. Like, and that's what we got to really bring attention to also, because this isn't the Bengals defense going like fucking like 85 bears on anybody or anything. Like this is, you know, this is the chiefs, like guys get hit in the hands. Like, it's not like they're even relying on their run game. It's not like they're trying to play it safe and like shorten the game and just try to like go back. It looks like they're trying to run their offense and just like out of sync. And it's just really weird. If Patrick Mahomes has this thing that like, I don't know what it is, but if he just gets rattled with the lead or it's like too much time to think like maybe with that bills game, it was just like, you know, you got to go tit for tat. And we saw Mahomes put together a drive when he had to yeah. like in the fourth quarter when they had to come down the field and, you know, get in field goal range to at least tie it up. So that four fast forward us there to this is Patty Mahomes decision-making part two on this podcast. Um, I get what you're trying to do. And this is where, you know, you can really overthink it, but I still think, you know, like you, it's hard, it's hard to do perfectly. You know, like it's hard to like run that, get them to use the timeouts, run that off, off the clock. I think one blunder that happened is the handoff to McKinnon. I think McKinnon gets like 15 yards or something goes out of bounds a little over two minutes left. I think it's like two 30, like goes out of bounds when he gets him like down to like inside the 20 or something. Gotcha. So this, is, this is the drive. We're fast forwarding into the fourth quarter. This is the drive yeah. basically tire, take the lead. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. coming down to yeah, tire, take the lead. And you're trying to not to give Burrow any time left on the clock. So yeah, yeah. McKinnon comes down like they, like, you know, Romo was even saying it cause they get it like at the 25 and there's like six minutes left. And it's just like, you know, like Burrow a chance to not see this football at, at all. Yeah. And it's like, what exactly what they're doing? They're converting third downs, uh, running the ball. Well, uh, I think like a, a seam pass to Kelsey. Uh, so, so they move it down a little bit and then, you know, we're sitting with uh, two minute warning hits. The Bengals have two timeouts, you know, Romo saying a little bit of shit about how the Bengals maybe wanted to use one of those timeouts before the two minute warning. You know, they don't uh, Chiefs able to get a first down on like third and three with, I think Kelsey getting right to the sticks. Right. Goes down there. So yeah. So that causes the burnout timeout. So they have one timeout left for like a minute and a half and it's like first down, you know, so they obviously run the ball in the first down, get it to second down. They burn that timeout. Uh, Mahomes has to go on a run on, you know, basically second down to gain four yards. So now it's, uh, yeah. So now, now it's a, it's a third, it's a third and goal, like at the nine after a false start. So they're sitting there, they're back there and it's um, yeah. Mahomes not want to throw the ball away so they can get that last, like, you know, 35 seconds off the clock, but takes a sack, which almost like puts them out of field goal range. Oh, turns into like 44 yard. Terrible, terrible, just decision-making process through the whole thing uh you know it, you know you're a little bit in the defense like the defense has a little bit of an advantage being that close in that distance of the you know 
goal to go right where yeah you know where you're going so we just have to we just have to drop it now i think they called the Bengals probably called the best play possible which and i was no one was here commission in 2.0 didn't know what it mean but i was like you should rush three spy mahomes was one i thought they were going to spy with logan wilson because he's a little bit more athletic but rush three spy one and drop seven and just blanket the end zone you know what i mean with just zone coverage which i think a little bit is what they did uh and that they didn't spy with logan wilson they actually brought i think it was hubbard who ended up with the sack the guy who the bengal defensive lineman who came streaking in and i thought that that was like brilliant like he saw his seam to go run and chase him down and then pat mahomes was again like you said earlier reverberating back to or re re you know uh reincarnating weeks one through four where he would do the pat mahomes things where it's like i'm gonna dance and spin i'm gonna throw some crazy shit and it's like you can't dance and backtrack like that you know what i mean especially in this spot especially where you got to know like look like we're still down obviously we want the touchdown and put this out of out of reach but we still could play for the tie so let's not totally run backwards and eat up a lot of that easy cushion for harrison bucker to make a, a a layup of a field goal stick with it either either take the sack right there and figure it out or you know what i mean like don't try and don't don't try and extend the play i just don't i just think because it because here's the thing it could have happened because he fumbled that ball it could have ended yeah. up being the most heartbreaking chiefs loss if pat mahomes fumbles by trying to buy extra time from scrambling, getting the ball knocked out of his hands. And that, you know, thankfully no lineman dove on it because they were only rushing three. So there's plenty of old lineman to pay attention to what's going on. I mean, it could have been disastrous. We could have been yeah. talking about that moment. Yeah. Cause I think we think now that, you know, the chiefs win, if they go into OT, if they fumble on that. Yeah. He like, he had a lot of like, just looked lost. Usually when he spins out, like he has a plan and I, you know, I heard Tony Rome you're like a professional quarterback oh, say you, 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 you broke up on that one started from the oh, you're you tony no romo uh thank you I, I heard tony romo say something on that uh that third and goal from the nine that i think i already like i always knew but i never really heard a quarterback put into words like you could hear like after three seconds romo's just like oh no like oh nope you had to get rid of the ball because you have that back line boundary and yeah. i think once you get down there and everybody just starts ping-ponging around you have that sheet of defenders that are in front you know, of your receivers and the sheet behind. And it's just like, you're fucked. Yep. Like, you know, if, if you're on the 40 yard line, like they can play around and, you know, they have the boundary beyond it where they can smoke. So you can create distance, but this, like after the first three seconds, if there's no plan and everybody just gets fucking like jumbled up in the end zone, then, then, then I mean, you're buying time for nothing. Like there's just, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and hundred percent. And the only way you can do that is if you start to manipulate the pocket by moving around and, creating a little chaos there but if you're just kind of dancing and sitting and holding there's nothing to do that so to your point is is if you're going to sit there and hold it once hubbard comes running sprinting at you throw it through the fucking back of the end zone just get rid of it you know what i mean yeah. like to save that nine or to to try and gain that nine seconds it's not really worth it yeah yeah i think it was to because uh, what they look like i mean i think it's like Bengals after that field goal, if he throws out of the back of the end zone is 25 seconds with no timeouts. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that's right. a big, I mean, even though we fucking, we've seen it done with 13. I mean, right. now but they have, had a, they had a timeout. They had, they had, yeah. they took two timeouts no, right. on that flight. Yeah. So, yep. 
there's it, you know yeah uh and your defense is playing all right but yeah i mean that could have been the worry too so the, the, either way either throw it away or then fucking Agreed. lay down you know what i mean get up to as close to the line of scrimmage as you can lay down and let the clock just keep chewing that should have been the that but again is this is, see this is the great thing b it's like is this coaching or is this you know what i mean like situationally do Pat Mahomes has situational awareness to kind of know where everyone is on the field, but is somebody not reminding him of the, the, this or that situation that's going to happen either to what you're saying is Tony Romo's is like, Hey, look, three seconds. If it's not there, you got to get away with it. Cause it's not going to come back to you. Or are they going to sit there and say, uh, are they going to sit there and say, Hey, um, we want to keep this clock rolling. So after three seconds, if it isn't here, uh, lay down or see if you can if you can get it on the ground go for it but if not lay down and let the clock run we'll play for over overtime you know what i mean like yeah are we not having those conversations to let them know that yeah i swear like i was trying to find real quick like andy reed's um record in like conference championship games as a favorite but he has a losing record in champ in conference championship games as a favorite just a just a wild stat mm. well yeah that, that uh so real fast kind of going out uh like into the off season like this afc is going to be hard to get your fucking spot in man yeah. like is, is chief still and pat mahomes still you're like number one with a bullet or you know is it like josh allen like a little bit experienced now with burrow like in there like herbert like on the come up like now are you a lot more it's going to be a lot more harder to look at these chiefs and be like you're the odds on favorite to win the afc it has to be right i mean yeah. I, the off season it's going to be interesting with coordinators and, you know, the bills you mentioned, Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, who we thought was going to go to the chargers last year, ends up going to the giants, uh, the New York football giants. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see kind of offensively how they look, but you know, if they can retain as much the bills, if they can retain as many of their players with a few tweaks here and there, I mean, you have to kind of look at that. They're going to be a very serious contender in the next few years. Obviously, if the Bengals, you know, win in the Super Bowl, that would be just an insane 180 from the offseason to now. But, you know, they they have a relatively young squad and you've got to upgrade a little bit interior in the in the offensive line. But that's something that can be done very manageably. All their wide receivers are young. You know, obviously their tight end they lost with the would look like kind of a significant knee injury. Um, Uzma. But, you know, this is a young offensive team. So if they can show up a little bit of the offensive line, that's looking scary. You mentioned Herbert, who's another talented guy in division with a young, aggressive coach up and coming. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, it's hard to to totally nix the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes because that sounds insane to do that. But, man, there's a lot of people, you know, vying for that spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting it's getting really crowded. Like maybe a Watson return happens. Like maybe an Aaron Rodgers leaves and go over goes over to some AFC team. I don't. That that'll be nice. Um, all right, real fast. Let's um, this game will get about as much as tensions as exciting as it looked. But <laughs> Rams take care of the 49ers, 2017. Uh, what'd you see in this game? I know you were able to catch the second half. Yeah. The, it's, it's, go ahead. No, yeah. I, I mean the Rams battled back defensively they have some question marks um but they stepped up in big plays i mean i think 
their pass rush was, you know, with Donald, uh, Gaines, Floyd. I mean, they did some good things. You know, you didn't really have Vaughn Miller's name called too, too much. Um, you know, and Jalen Ramsey, you know, can at times be a total disruptor uh, defensively. And then offensively with the Rams, I just wonder how much we put on Stafford to like be the guy at all times because they offensively right now, they cannot seem to run the ball. I don't know what the, their deal is running the ball, but they cannot do it. Um, You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people didn't like the 49ers. I know we've kind of had mixed reviews on the 49ers, but this is like a really like Ben don't break team that I think is is a little bit better than what we what we think. Maybe they play the Rams better than we think, but that's a solid team. Debo Samuels is fucking awesome to watch. Like watching that guy play is unbelievable. So I don't want to sit there and say like, oh, this is you know they didn't have to play a good quality opponent. Like I think San Francisco does a lot of good things. I think their defense is fucking legit, uh, and and could be a little bit of the issue with uh, with how the Rams looked kind of you know, in the first half there. Do you think they need to like uh 49ers move on from Garoppolo? I think that's, I think that's what it is. I think a lot of people made, you know, John Lynch, the general manager for 49ers, you know, there's a big thing made about him handshaking, giving handshakes to all the players and then embracing in a hug with Garoppolo uh, kind of maybe saying like, oh, this is, this will be last time it and that good run, but you're going to be on your own next year. You're going to be out there on free agency next year. That's wild. So yeah. finally, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of first domino we're waiting for is it's probably the 49ers because 49ers are a very attractive spot for a quarterback that doesn't have a home to go. Like, yeah. I wonder if it, I wonder if that could be an Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. But again, we, we we talked about this. They drafted Trey Lance. So is it like, are they going to go to Lance? Are going to pull that trigger? I know we talked about it, but I don't think they can. There's no, they they need they need a stopgap. There's just there's they're too close right now. It seems like just a quarterback that's just a tier above Garoppolo, like gets in the championship game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing about grapple for as like he, for as bad as he can play at times, like he is the ultimate like game manager quarterback. He really wish he wouldn't throw some of the INTs that he does, but there are certain times where he looks okay. There was a moment where I was like, is Jimmy G going to have two fucking Super Bowl runs in him? Like, are we, are we, are, I mean, he's, I don't want to say Eli Manning, but that's kind of like the comparison, right? Like a very Manning esque you know, Eli Manning-esque run for him. Yeah, two Super Bowls in three years, he'd have to take your attention. But didn't happen. So enjoy the dusty trails. (laughs) Get along, Uh, little partner. (laughs) All right, let's jump into that inbox. Uh, From Hmm. the emailer of the pot. Keeps him coming in. Thanks for keeping this section alive, brother. Okay, Uh, question is, there are many types of pasta to put in your favorite recipes. Uh, What's your favorite style of pasta or noodle? Interesting. Well, what aren't they all noodles wait what uh yeah that's yeah aren't noodle yeah i guess it would be i guess he's given us the option if we want to like i guess orzo pasta. is more of a but that's a right is that a, that's a rice it's orzo pasta or right rice i think it's pasta but yeah i think if you're making chicken noodle soup like you're still getting that i don't know maybe like noodles are yeah still egg based yeah they're all they're all the same thing i don't yeah. think this was the point of the email no, it was really not, but it really, it fucking <laughs> cranked my new, it baked my noodle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Got us off our game. Yeah, my favorite kind of noodle is the broken one on top of my shoulders right now. Um, yeah, but are you a big pasta guy? I'm a huge yes. pasta guy. Huge yeah. pasta guy. 
love me some, but not right now, as I was telling you yesterday. Right. Not yep. right now. Keeping it tight. We're getting it no, tight, bro. Get it yeah. tight. Um, yeah, so that's why I want to get these emails out of our system too. So I don't, mm. I don't want you dreaming about any. Oh, I'll just start it. Like mine's, I like a tagless telly noodle. That's my Ooh. thing with a little like beef ragu on it. Ooh, a little when beef was, ragu. When I was in um, Italy, I you remember I stayed in Rome over Thanksgiving for like uh, three weeks, and I would I would go to the same little like diner spot that would make the tagatelli pasta with uh, the ragu sauce on top and then like get like little chunks of like parmigiano reggiano cheese. And it was just, it's absolutely great. The tagatelli is like, um, oh, it's probably, it's not like probably eight inches. It's just kind of like a flat noodle. Kind of like if you had like a big it's kind like, of- It's like noodle. highfalutin fettuccine is what you're saying. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a little wider. It's a little wider. A little wider. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I, that's a good one. That's a fun uh, noodle. See, I'm- I, it's so funny. I was going to go, I love me. I don't get it a lot, but I love me a little angel hair pa- pasta. Give me the, Oh yeah. Pasta. Angel hair is yeah. delish. Yeah. You can't, yeah. Don't sleep on angel hair. Yeah. Like it is like that thin pasta is a lot of fun. Like just, if you just got to switch it up, you have a spaghetti one night, want to blow the kids' minds, the little angel hair in there, they'd be like, Whoa, that's like sure. good in like soups, like a ramen, like a ramen soup or something like, just Ooh, those, like nice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Yes. Yes. Um, it's funny too, cause I just made for the kids today. I do the, uh, I like to make homemade Mac and cheese for them. So the, the elbow macaroni is a big hit. We got a lot of that. Uh, yeah. so that's always a good staple. That's a good, you know, meat and potato pasta. Do they still have like the little shapes for the kids? Like I remember like we had like wagon wheels and shit like growing up. You remember? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They do. They, they don't, they never, they, the pasta shape technology has not improved since we were kids. <laughs> it's still yeah, the same thing. So yeah. It's still kind of light. Yeah. Sure. Sure, that's fair. Uh, what about uh, gnocchi? You throw down any of that gnocchi stuff? No, just because we're talking about pasta. Gnocchi is good. I don't have a lot of it, but I do like myself. And I, look, I'm not going to start. There's, it'd be better to start this conversation. What pasta don't you like? <laughs> yeah, or you pass on. Yeah. Yeah, because to me, is I know there's like a tradition and they say like some pastas are made for some dishes and they go better with it. Aren't we kind of just talking about the same thing, just different shape? Yes, exactly. We've gotten real like, you know, like kid select like these chicken nuggets are in the shapes of dinosaurs now so they're better it's all the same thing right yeah we're we're just gonna pick you over nothing yeah i think i'm pretty sure like we'll see if uh, our instagram blows up with people talking about like how like this pasta's got to be for that but the pasta pod section yeah absolutely (laughs) um all right next email um r.i.p to bob saget Hmm. uh yeah but um wants to talk a little full house what was the best character on full house and then what are your top two favorite Full House characters? And it's kind of the same question twice. Why don't we just go ahead and uh, cut cut to the quick here, our top yeah. two. So you're giving us two. We can pick two favorites for Full House. It did, but he was saying that Danny Tanner was not the Full House MVP, right? That's what we're saying? Yeah, he's saying, though, he's, yeah. I, I think just, I think we're assuming that Bob Sag was the MVP. We'll give him the VIP for the Full House. Yes. And now we're going to go like our next two. After right. Because he was definitely like the... You know, he was the he was the straight man in every like spot. Man. Yeah, he was great in it too. Um, but my two other favorite characters, I thought about this. I remember, yeah, I remember thinking Dave Coulier was uh, Uncle I think Joey. Then yeah, that he was like corny. I think yes. even then, like as a kid, I was like, this this ain't my cup of tea. Whatever this humor the is, cut like, it cut out. Yeah, cut yeah, it yeah. out the, all the, the the voices well he played him he basically like did his stand-up act little pull yeah. the you know he did his stand-up act in the show that's what he was there for 
was full house like really the last like let's pull this guy from here and you do your thing you know what i mean like the catchphrases and all that like it it was like the quintessential i think it's not right it's catchphrases i think it like introduced us to just like like a single dad i don't think there was like a lot of that going on where it's just like oh Oh, like this isn't like a married family like when they just really started going with showing different family dynamics like we got with step by step that was just like you know uh two families on their second marriage and how to live with like your step siblings and everything. So I, I definitely think they were like trying to lean in to like get away from those traditional household sitcoms of like the, uh, the 70s. Yeah. I mean, they had my two dads, right. Remember that show with Paul Reiser and yeah, Stacey that was Keish. it. Yep. Those are the dead mom for sure. Yeah. yeah right. Well, no, that was, we both, we both cream pie the same lady and they didn't know which <laughs> one the kid was. I know, but the mom's not in the picture. She's not. Did she die? I know what the premise is. Yeah, I think she was dead too. A lot of like they just really started taking swings on dead, dead parents and that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like she because she would never like get into like who it was. And I think didn't they all live together under one roof? They did. Yeah, they all lived together under one roof. Two dads and a kid. Man, we're really, we're really just, like we're exploring emails. We we're but taking then, any. Yeah, but then three three men and a baby too is basically the same premise. Just like the step they they kicked it up a notch. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, movie yeah. though. Movies yeah, movies yeah, were movie. playing by day, so oh, Okay, was, all right. Um, all right, so best character. So who do you got? Okay, I'll I'll say one. I remember like I had a crush on whoever the like I think it was a guitarist in Stephanie Tanner's band. It was like one of Stephanie Tanner's like friends, and I remember having like a big crush. And like I remember watching like hoping she would pop back into like any episode, but I think she was only in like three episodes. Oh, she ended up later playing. Cut. Yeah, it is a deep cut. She ended up she popped back on the scene. I remembered it immediately when she showed up as the secretary on the practice the tv show the practice uh she had a role in that i was just like holy shit like that's my childhood crush back in the game wow going from musician to you know legal aid perfect yeah um so that's a deep pull i don't have as anything deep i kind of i kind of stuck to the main stage um number one uncle jesse was he fucking he was the best yeah yeah he's on my list he's good 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 uncle jesse was the shit have mercy fucking great tagline all the ladies loved him you know what i mean uh rocked a mullet but like stylishly which you got to give him his due on that leather jacket wanted to aspiring musician like coolest guy in the room uncle jesse coolest guy in the room absolutely yeah for sure Uh, it still holds up today like stamos still stand-up dude everybody everybody still love fucking where's the where's the dorian gray picture stamos (laughs) no shit man he's fucking handsome yeah, yeah beautiful um, man uh i'm gonna have to go with michelle the fucking mary kate ashley olsen mm, my, yeah 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 we dawes my speaking of crushes we dawes my younger brother who was probably like i don't know he's six years younger than me so he was probably like seven eight nine somewhere in there when full house was like kind of hitting its stride and yeah. uh full-on crush on michelle tanner like hardcore like really? just love oh yeah, yeah yeah exactly big so, so much so seven that and michelle tanner was like four yeah, exactly. I mean, he was, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not that. I don't know. They, he thought they were the same age. That sounded, <laughs> okay, weird. Yeah. that sounded weird when you said that that way. <laughs> I know. Well, I was trying to make it not weird. When you're walking down the path, I was like, please don't say his brother had a crush on Michelle Tanner. And now I just want to get clear. Just yes, like, it was two toddlers having crushes on each other. Totally <laughs> <right>. normal. <laughs> toddlers, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, she, she had the lines also. It's just like, um, you got it, dude. Yeah, I remember. You got it, dude. She, I wrote down, she was the catchphrase goat. You got it, dude. Aw, nuts. Yeah. Uh, you're in big trouble, mister. 
No way, Jose. Crushing the oh, game. No way, Jose. Yeah. No way, Jose. Bringing the heat. Um, all right, that's the two. Let's go jump into this last email. In the SM world, there's a safe word word when Fuck. things go a little too far. Assuming you perverts don't already have one, what would be your safe word? What would be my safe word? Yeah, what's your what's your safe word, bro? My mine's Brandana. <laughs> well, so here's 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 my hack with safe word. Okay. It needs to be it needs to be something that takes you out of the moment. So you want to pick something like gross that can't be misconstrued as like sexual or like in it like it just has to be something that acts like repulses you like i don't know if you like the jealous type like maybe your safe word with your girlfriend it should be like her like ex-boyfriend's name or something but it's like oh. mine would be cream of mushroom mayonnaise close mayonnaise is a fucking perfect safe word if it's just i'm just like mayonnaise it's like gross i'm out of the moment everyone knows to stop whatever we're doing whatever got me to this point to say this word right uh Mine would be family style because I hate sharing food. So there you go. <laughs> family style. Okay. We also have to make sure that there's no, that wouldn't actually come. Yeah. I, I think, I think that would be a safe. No, or, yeah. That wouldn't be construed as something else. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Open the floodgate, let everyone in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then he wants us, and please give me the safe word that each of these athletes would use when they are pushed too far. Okay. So we're going to give safe words to famous people. I'll go down the list and then we'll rapid fire give them safe words. The Rock, Baker Mayfield, Joel Embiid, Tony Romo, John Daly. Mm. And he calls us a pervert again. I don't know why we're the perverts. Yeah, You're you the one that wrote this does. email, sir. Yeah, exactly. Sir, hold, hold your judgment, sir. Yeah. Uh, okay, The Rock. Safe word. Um, uh, Casamigos is tequila. Okay. I, don't know. I have I don't Vin know. Diesel. Vin Diesel is the rock's safe word. I'm still going. That's very good. Do I'm you smell what the rock is cooking? I don't. Uh, I'm nose blind. I don't know. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think he. I think he might actually say that, so that can't be a, a safe word. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I went with progressive insurance. I went with progressive insurance. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. It must be true. Uh, Joel Embiid. I said Ben Simmons. I said Ben Simmons. Man, we are dialed <laughs> in. Oh, look at that. We're sharing a brain. Uh, Tony Romo. I said Jack, Jessica Simpson. Uh, I said extra point. Extra point. Oh, <laughs> that would. Yeah, it's falling in your and you're taking you out of the moment. Yes. Um, I, I I was I was thinking back when they kept showing Jessica Simpson, and, and remember when they were showing that playoff game and they kept showing her in the like the yeah the, that might have been the same that might have been the same I think game it actually might have been the same point. game yeah and like Dallas fans That's were right. like she's the jinx she's a curse yeah. she's all this stuff so right. yeah. The only time someone's using Jessica Simpson to like stop. As a safe word. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and John Daly. John Daly doesn't have a safe word. <laughs> John he Daly just keeps pushing. Goes. Keep it going. Yeah. On the table. Uh, I put your cut off as a safe word. Um, <laughs> all right, no more smokes. <laughs> we're, we're all out of that tequila there. Um, all right. MAMA parenting tip. Bring us to the jam. <laughs> All right. Um, it made parent tip performance anxiety. So um, I got to jump on a Zoom with you yesterday. We we're just uh, chatting, hanging out. Did you? You had um, your daughters were doing a little dance performance thing. Yeah, so they did a, a one day like palm cheer clinic at the high school, and then the that following 
night, they got to perform at the JV basketball game at the halftime show and their little performances and things like that. And there's, you know, there's probably 110, maybe 150 people in there or so, um, you know, so yeah, so it's a kind of a big moment for them. Uh, so we were just kind of talking about like, as a parent, what is that like, what do you do as a parent when your kid's going out there on the big stage on the grand stage doing it up? Um, yeah, that's great. So yeah, it's almost like you mean performance anxiety, not their performance anxiety, but like more of like just kind of yours, like watching them, like just taking it from there and you have uh, two different daughters, obviously probably like two different personalities. Are their nerves the same Is do one of them get nervous and the other one not get nervous? Do you like do one-on-one talks? Do you talk to them both at the same time since they're both kind of performing the same thing? Yeah. I mean, we don't, there's no like pregame talks or anything like that. I think, you know, if they've done a, they've done a fair bit of this stuff, but there is some nerves. I mean, I would say Kamishad is way more excited to do that. She enjoys the, the performance aspect. They both enjoy to perform. It's very interesting. They like doing it, but 2.0 gets a little, like a little bit more, you know, nervous in the moments doing it in front of other people. She'll gladly do all the dances and perform. And in our living room, she'll go nuts. But like when it comes to being in front of other people, she'll go up there and do it, but she won't let loose the like full breadth of what, you know, we we've seen her, you know, behind closed doors go. Whereas Kamishat definitely, you know, she's the eldest and she loves to, she definitely loves to ham it up for sure. So she enjoys that. So there's a little bit of like the, knowing your kid and and what their you know what their performance is or their performance you know capabilities are and not trying to like you know you never want to sit there and like push them outside of their comfort zone you know what i mean uh that's not true you don't want to push them to what you think that they're outside of their comfort zone is you want to like get them ready get them you know excited about doing it prop them up yeah i think i think yeah, you just want to make sure that you're encouraging them to go down like the path they want to go down. Yes, like, you're exactly. Not being like a dance mom or a dance dad and making this about like the things you wish you would have done or like yeah. being the best. Like it's just more of giving them that confidence, right? To kind of take that that leap of faith that this is scary, but it's it's a good scary and it'll be worth it. Yeah, and there should never be like, hey, you know, I know you can. I've seen you do it, and why didn't you do it then and X? You know, you don't want to sit there and you don't need to give the kids notes after the fact. You want to just kind of prime them up as much as possible and if they perform to their best that's great if they kind of you know they half-ass it a little bit you know so what it's one of those things where it's like a one-day event you know um it's just one of those i think really what it is is managing your own like expectations of what it is you know just let the kids be themselves enjoy the moment and if you know that they're capable more capable of it you know, right after, immediately after, it's probably not the time to, you know, critique or, 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 you know, push them, you know, you might want to think of other ways to well after the fact, talk about, you know, performance, if they like even doing it, you know, because sometimes they say that they do, and they don't actually like doing it, you know, it's funny, we, uh, we actually signed the girls up for after the performance, one of the girls that was in it, her dad is the head coach of the wrestling program at the high school. And they were running around in the wrestling room while it's going on. And the, the little girl asked her, there's like a, uh, like a four week clinic for wrestling. And she asked the girls if they wanted to do it. They both said, yes. So we're going to sign them up and see what happens <laughs> see what happens, you know? Awesome. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, and there's like a wrestling tournament afterwards. So the whole like performance anxiety of that, but more so it's anything is just about like the commitment of it, like going out there and doing it and say, you're going to do it and try your best and, you know, 
if you tried your best, that's all that you can hope for. That's really what we're kind of like pushing our kids towards. Yeah. And I know like you're not gonna be able to answer this because when, whenever we started doing this pod, like three years ago, you know, it's hard to picture like as the kids grow up, like what they'll be three years from now and six years from now. I mean, is there any kind of anticipation though, to uh, if they do get into sports or like competition or like more competitive stuff as they get older, when you can kind of like switch the conversation to, I don't like, like holding to accountability, like performance or like giving your all or, you know, when like any idea when that could kind of switch to maybe, you know, less, and I'm not saying you're, you're not saying like obviously participation trophies, but more of a, you know, how you introduce kind of not the sternness, but maybe the, the coach parent in you. Yeah. You like push in a little bit more. That's so funny. Cause I do, I have a like, like long lasting memory of like middle school football like my dad being pissed at me because I wasn't like in, he could see me on the sidelines and I wasn't engaged in the game. Now, probably that tactic of like correction, like screaming at me was sure. probably not the best way to go about it. But I do think about it in those moments. Like, how do you, you know, how do you manage that? Right. Cause we want them first and foremost, like if they, like I said earlier, if they commit to something, they got to see it through. And like, it's, it's not that they're not the best or they're not like, Oh, they're going to be a D1 athlete now. It's more about like, did they give their best? Did they try their best? And sometimes we have to kind of realize, like, you know, the age that they're at. You know, a seven-year-old kid yeah. might have a little less, you know, focus and intention. And, and especially if it's just like something on a whim, you know. So you want to really try and manage your level expectations while kind of holding a, you know, did you try your best? That's really what I'm looking for. Did you focus on your best? You know. Yeah. Um, Versus something like that really good. Yeah, I was just gonna say, especially early too, because you don't want to start introducing like a flavor of just negativity. Like, you know, if if like after the dance, like you feel like 2.0 wasn't giving her best, you're just like, hey, like one, like I've seen you do it in the living room, like why aren't you giving it more? Like just kind of you know, this this cross cross-examination after the fact might just, you know in her head just be like you know i don't want to do this shit anymore you know like yeah. it's, it's not worth it like it's just like it's nervous beforehand and then like i seem to let down like dad somehow like it is all so not bringing that in makes makes sense and and you know and maybe there's an aspect too of where you can like you know we i recorded it we'll watch the game tape watch the footage maybe they can see for themselves <laughs> their performance and if they bring something up maybe that's a good time to like talk about it you know and sit there and say like you know did you enjoy doing this do you do you like doing this you know and and it might be the thing where it's like, I like doing it, but the performing aspect of it might be very intimidating. And so we can kind of have more of an open conversation, letting her, if, if they bring it up, you know, if not, then, you know, then we'll just kind of let it, we'll, we'll let them figure it out. And that's part of what being a kid is, is just trying to like, how do I figure out to like operate in this world and go and do things on an independent level, you know, and, and as a parent, that's a, a struggle to constantly take care of them and do everything for them to then turn the keys over to them and let them have to figure it all out yeah uh so the last kind of thing in this subject because you did talk about how this is you know more of a parenting tip than it is you know about the kids like what your performance anxiety when what are you feeling like when the lights go up and they kind of walk out there like are you just like are you riddled with like nerves? Like, just like, please don't like trip fall over. Are you like mean mugging parents that are like in their phone or like talking too loud? Or it's just like, Hey, pay the fucking attention. You jackass. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think what's, what's your, yeah, I think, I think the, the thing that you're most like, I don't know. It's not nervous is, I mean, I think it's like your, the, the anticipation is, is you really want your kid to be the star. And I know that sounds like crazy, but that's really what it is. I'm watching there, but I'm like, I hope she's the best. 
maybe that's yeah. me. I don't know, but that's what you're hoping. So it's really like tempering the expectation of what's going to go on there. Cause I think like maybe if you, if you're so dyed into it, like you talked about the, the dance mobs, that's where I think that they're like living vicariously through the kids. I just want them to be the best. Cause I know how special and talented they are. Um, so, and then, you know, with them, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, you, the, the worst case is them tripping or falling or forgetting or doing something, but you know, uh, really all you got to do is, is just, you know, uh, I, I, we're not at the level of embarrassment quite yet. I don't think our kids quite get embarrassed. I am anxious for when middle school pops up and they're mortified because they thought a, they forgot a line in a play or something like that. Like that's going to be heartbreaking, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to be tough to handle, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at that, at that stage, you're really just hoping for like a, them to be the best and have a great performance and if not then you're just excited that they went up there and and did it and that's a big step i mean it is gradual that's a big thing as a kid to go up there and perform in front front you know you, you got to imagine like you're five years old and like you're staring at like you know a hundred strangers which probably looks like a thousand or ten thousand strangers like that's a big deal just to go up there and walk out there and and stand up and smile and and try your best even even if you're a little more reserved than everyone else. Absolutely. Well, um, bro, keep us posted on this wrestling career that's budding. I know. I was surprised. I was as surprised as you are. We were driving back. We're like, are you sure you want to do this? They're like, uh-huh. Like, all right, let's do it, man. Let's go to the mats. Get you in the ring. Um, all right, Neapolitan Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. Nia showdown in honor of the goat Tom Brady retired. Let's talk about this real fast. We're doing top three Tom Brady moments. Yeah. Um, you put a good thing in our football thread where, um, you know, I'm sure Tom Brady waiting out officially doing it was a little bit of like not wanting to overshadow, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, at least like let him kind of have his couple of weeks, obviously do it early enough. So you're not jamming up your old franchise. Right. Um, but this is such a big announcement. Were you a little bummed out that, his retirement leaked and then how do you think we should handle this differently yeah I or is just it just like or in this in this age is there just like it's just it's part of just fucking being that popular and alive like there's nothing you can do to stop it i just think that there's not especially when you're to that level like i just don't think that there's anything anymore to stop because there's so many like you know, ancillary people around you that get a little nugget of kernel that are willing to like turn it over to a Schefter. And and I'm not, you know, denigrating Schefter. That's what he's supposed to do. So I'm, I'm all for it, you know, and he works the phones and that's what he's supposed to do. You know, I would, I would, I would wonder how, you, how at this level you could keep that under wraps unless you literally had your circle so close that there's like one or two people, maybe like, your wife and your agent, you know what I mean? And maybe the general manager, you know what I'm saying? To keep it like, this is closed, closed door and not let anybody else know, you know, but also at the same time, you know, even the utterance of retirement from Tom Brady, I'm sure everybody's starting to speculate. And now, you know, the piranhas are circling for that story. So even him just mentioning about being a, a, a father and thinking about retirement probably started the swirl of people chasing that, you know, 
So he, he might, he may have been better served just not to have said anything about it at all. And just kind of, Hey, Tom Brady's making a press conference kind of like we had with Jordan. I was thinking about Jordan a lot in this because Jordan is the closest thing that I can think of. And I mean, his retirement was abrupt and, and unexpected. Um, and Tom Brady, I guess, shouldn't be as unexpected, but you know, I would, you know, basically it was like that day, everyone started freak out like oh he's retiring and then he said a press conference we also didn't have social media just like you know you know being able to get information out to millions of people in 30 seconds so yeah i mean what do you think so he's just probably eventually going to call a press conference and just going to get up there and say i retire yep i think so i i hope so that's that's the ending that we want from our athletes you know what i mean and it like cheats the i don't know i mean i guess we all know i guess does it cheat anything i don't know I guess it just, when you're that big of an athlete and somebody who's as focused in on the, the media attention as, as any athlete should, um, you know, you want to kind of control your own narrative a little bit. That's like the last thing of your career. You want to go up there and step on that stage for one last time, like address things and make it known that, Hey, this is, I'm retiring and going out, you know, you know, I mean, there's, there's no great way to do it. And, uh, you know, you just, you just, you just want the athlete to control it on their terms and not get it kind of like, you know, ripped from them a little bit, you know, maybe that doesn't matter to him. What's that? Because maybe that doesn't matter to him, but to me as a fan, I I think it would matter. Yeah. I think, I think he wants that moment. I think he feels, I think he just gets up there and he wants to show gratitude. I think he feels the love and especially like he's got to feel the momentum, especially after leaving the Patriots of just like, he was kind of like, enemy number one for anybody outside of you know the patriots organization patriots fandom you know for uh probably like solid like five or six years at least like after the undefeated thing like it was really easy to hate him the giants are the only thing that kind of kept him level but it seemed like after he went to tampa bay just kind of the overall love for him with people that just love the sport like seemed to really like it's like he gained you know like a lot of just like admiration from a lot of people that were you know, especially with a performance, like just like a likable guy. Yeah, definitely like shed the Patriot wave in here a little bit and went on to, you know, winning that title and, you know, going out there and being like a huge team player. You know, I think it was a great kind of third act of his career and uh, really, you know, really made him, like you said, like a likable kind of guy. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, we're talking a little bit his top three moments. Oh, real fast on his retirement speech. Does he mention the name Bill Belichick, specifically Bill Belichick? Oh, yeah, I would I'd have to you'd have to mention him for right. sure. I, I think yeah, so. Right. So I'm trying to think like Robert Kraft, the Patriots organization, Bill. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh, we'll see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess how Oscar speech does he get in it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, mean, I just feel like if you're calling a press conference, like you gotta fucking say something. You got everybody gathered around. Oh yeah, I yeah. How long do you think he works on a retirement speech like that? Yeah, I wonder if it's like if he how hands on he is. I'm sure somebody like draws up the initial thing and then yeah. like, he kind of punches it up and does does some shit. All right, man, man, we are fucking deep two chatty Cathy's today bro it's <laughs> going down some rabbit hole love it uh top three moments my number three i have um i should move this up but um after he won the last year's super bowl like just getting drunk and throwing the super bowl trophy oh. and having a boy like gronk uh, have to carry like, avocado I love tequila yeah, <laughs> yeah i love it too tequila, right. yeah i love <laughs> it too i thought it was great it made my console bracket and it 
was very close to being my third as well too but i had to move a different moment up but i that that was like that was the most endearing moment like that toss throwing it from one side to the other and just getting like just getting wasted and, and walking through there it was such a I fun like i love it too yeah because there was like a little bit of backlash of the like the daughter of the designer of the trophy or something like not being respected wah, wah, and just, wah. like tom brady just giving that no attention at all yeah like, as rightfully so yeah uh all right what's your three buddy my number three gonna start way back when in college the the infancy of the tom brady legacy when he brought uh, the orange bowl game in january 1st of 2000 brought michigan back down 28 14 in the middle of the third quarter against alabama fucking just leading the charge bringing them back in ot winning 35 34 um was was insane and it doesn't sound like crazy numbers but you got to think 22 years ago this was like an all-time impressive uh passing run it was 34 46 369 yards and four tds tom brady was the fucking shit in college i loved him yeah do you remember watching him and being like i'm into this guy oh yeah yeah it was great yeah i mean because he was like here was, you know, Drew Henson and Tom Brady and Brian Greasy. And here was this like, you know, Tom Brady guy who clearly was the like soul of the team, but was kind of not treated with a ton of, I don't want to say respect. That's not the right word, but we had all these like bigger, pro- like Drew Henson was like, was supposed to be John Elway. When we got him at yeah. Michigan, he was like a baseball player and was from Michigan and was this guy, but, you know, Tom Brady just was like a competitor and worked and wanted to win. And when, like, when he was a guy, like they were just better, they just played better. He wasn't the athlete that Henson was, but they goddamn they played much better. And that was like the, the, the kind of icing on the cake for Tom Brady, that game against uh, Alabama in college. I should uh, say. Good one in college. Um, my number two is this kind of just encompasses everything, but I'm gonna say Tom Brady Twitter. I'm a big fan, big fan <laughs> of just like it, like you said, it give, gives him the angle that we needed, where he's not like not taking himself too seriously, like having a little bit of fun with it. I just picked up this one um, from Michael Strahan. He shared a happy birthday, Tom Brady. Enjoy the day, my brother. Yes, I had to use this photo again, and it's Strahan standing over a sack, Tom Brady. Yeah, in, in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's response he shares it is like, "Thanks, Mike. Guess we'll have to run it back on a football field where I still go to work every day with a winky emoji." <laughs> Just like you know, shots fired that I'm not retired, but you're retired. And they, yeah, like that's kind of his whole like vibe and brand. I just having fun, so I just really enjoy that. Ah, uh, that's the thing is I love the uh, I love those types of things. Just to show, I remember I think it was Ross Tucker was telling a story about Tom Brady early on about like how competitive Tom Brady was and it still is, but it was like, um, I think that he, there was something that was rumors about like, what a great teammate that drew breeze was. And it was kind of like circulating training camp. Uh, I could be butchering this, but it was circulating training camp during the Patriots that like Drew Drew breeze was like this great teammate and everybody loved him. And he got, Tom Brady got so like amped up about like being a great teammate that he, I think, cause I think the guy came from the saints or came from the chargers or something like that was talking all about it that he like Tom Brady proceeded to do all these like really nice things 
for the guy, even though, but then was like making sure, like, just so you know, I did that. You know what I mean? Like, so like, I really wanted that. I just find that to be so hilarious about these That's guys, hilarious. like just uber competitive, literally about everything. Uh, awesome. Speaking about, speaking about uber competitive. Um, yeah. 28 to three Falcons comeback that, that game, that Super Bowl. I remember like being here in my house. That's, that's your for, number two. That's my number two. That's my number one. That's your All number right, one. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because that was like, I, that game was over. It was done. This is like the stick the fork in Tom Brady. The Patriots are done. The, the legacy is over. And then just like, Oh man, they're, they're coming back. They're chipping away. They got a shot and just chip, 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 just keep going. Ultimately that, you know, huge catch by Edelman, um, which I think like not to be whatever, like his, a big portion of his retirement speech will be all about the sidekicks that helped him be who he was. Like that'll be his whole story. Uh, but yeah. that element catch was unbelievable. The whole thing was just on fucking real. And it went from being like a dud of a Super Bowl to like, oh my God, this is one of the most exciting Super Bowls ever. And just a great, like, you know, just a great story about, you know, never giving up. Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. Everyone thought the game was over as they should. Thought, yeah, we got done with the Super Bowl. And there was, I mean, it felt like a movie because you can't script. I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but you're just like, you know, you start putting it together, like you see them start making that run. You're just like, you know, people are still talking. They're still doing whatever, like their Super Bowl boxes. Nobody's really paying attention to the game. And then somebody's just like, oh, I think they might be crawling back into this. And it's just like, oh yeah, I guess like if a bunch of things like land their way. And then like a little bit later, it's just like, holy shit. Like, I think they might be able to like actually make a run of this. And then it's just like that rising action of what you're like experiencing in real time was absolutely nuts. And we almost saw him do it again, like last week. And I think that yeah. was the final like nail in the coffin was, you know, like it, I think it was just so symbolic and such a perfect way of just being like, it's over. You know, it's yeah. like that one last like big attempt at a comeback and just not quite enough. And it's just like, all right, it's, it's done. It's done. Yeah. And that's the thing is he still has gas in the tank, which I think is the best way to go out no one i've said it before i think i said it last yeah. week no one wants to see tom brady like with you know patchwork putting it together barely making it and just like all right you're cooked dude go out you gave it your all yeah. you couldn't get it done hang it up it's great uh what was your number two uh it was the mike strahan tweet oh yeah it you said that already brady. yeah um that was great my my number one is uh and it was i went back and forth on the 20 to three but uh, my number one was the two thousand, just the whole two thousand seven season, TD record sixteen and zero, going on to. I mean, that's apex Brady if there ever was. You would have liked to obviously see them. That that was a great Super Bowl to watch as well. Too very exciting. They didn't get it done. But when you think about that, that was like, man, that was like Tom Brady at the peak of it. He could do. He couldn't. You couldn't play anything better. You couldn't beat Tom Brady at anything except for the Super Bowl. I know everyone. Every yeah, Tom was, Brady. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's crazy it's like watching backyard football i think you know randy moss is on that team and it's just like very much just like streaky like every time and just like going yard and it's like yeah i mean just and yeah incredible incredible football to watch Love incredible football. yeah absolutely um all right bro well go blue go blue michigan fan you were you were on the tom brady scent before i was bro so i gotta give you the win on that one on the top three brady moments that's right coming um, all right guys mab sports podcast episode 204 you know you get in that inbox shoot us an email at mab sports podcast at gmail.com uh handle our mvps real quick mvp of the week i'll give it to the goat tom brady probably gonna be retiring yep um, me too yep 
Tom Brady, thanks it. thanks for 22 years. It was amazing. I'll go 26, going back all the way to Michigan. But the 20, <laughs> yeah, 20, I can, I'll take those. I'll take that extra credit. But yeah, what did him? You know, uh, man, I'm I'm you, when you when you look at this, when you look at a Hall of Fame career, like you have to have like a little bit of like, hey, isn't fucking sports just awesome? Like, isn't yeah. this is why we do this podcast? Isn't this great? Like, here's this guy who is such an amazing dude who fucking throws his entire life into it he's retiring we get to see him and it's great it was awesome it was wonderful great run great 22 years mvp well spent on our end um all right guys thanks for listening i am brandon i want to sign yourself off most awesome audience if you're listening to this podcast and you need a safe word it's five stars Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.